Now it's time for the Rural News with Monique Steele. Kia ora, Monique. Cyclone hit fruit growers have a bit more certainty around financial help. Kia ora, Charlotte. That's right. Hawke's Bay growers say following changes the government has made to one of its cyclone recovery packages, they have a clearer path forward. They met with Cyclone Recovery Minister Grant Robertson on Friday and discussed the primary producer finance scheme. Targeted to the worst hit businesses, they could access concessionary loans and equity finance of up to $4 million per business. Hawke's Bay Fruit Growers General Manager Dean Smith says when the scheme was announced last month, it wasn't well well received because it had unworkable high interest rates. It was possibly a misstep by a government official who announced an interest rate and and some, uh, I guess, a framework of what was expected in terms of the repayment of those loans, which was not tenable, certainly unworkable for our industry. So effectively, when it was initially announced, there was interest from day one and it was sort of compounding and at an interest rate, which was sort of pretty close to standard commercial terms. So that was not not well received and and perhaps that wasn't the message that was intended either. So um, so I guess it was a, yeah, <laughs> that, it would be fair to say that it went down very poorly. Mr Smith says the government went away and made improvements to the scheme. There was an apology for the way that it was announced first time around, which was good for us as an industry to hear. And then I guess there was additional clarity and some and some changes. And what they announced was, I guess, a, a bespoke product, but one that has the ability for loans to be provided on, an, on a zero interest basis and not uh, and without interest occurring until such time as businesses become cash flow positive. Um, which is exactly what is required really for an industry where you need to invest a significant amount of money without any return for a, for a significant period of time, especially for crops like apples. Applications for the primary producer finance scheme were set to open at the end of July. We've asked the government if this is still the case. The future of a new King Country-based dairy factory remains up in the air. Creditors of Happy Valley Nutrition will meet soon to decide a way forward after the company failed to raise sufficient funds to build an infant formula factory in Ōtorahanga. But in announcing the appointment of administrators earlier this month, Chairman Kevin Bush said COVID-19 lockdowns had impacted the ability to progress the project and demand for infant formula had also dropped. The company, which is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, appointed Andrew Grenfell as its administrator. Mr Grenfell says a creditors meeting will be held on the 10th of August to try and find a way forward. That meeting, these options put forward to creditors. Those options are that they can put in what we call a deed of company arrangement, which is a proposal by creditors or someone as to um, recapitalising the company, or it can be voted to go back to the directors or the other option is it goes into liquidation. But uh, the natural progression is uh, if there isn't some sort of docker put forward that the assets are available for sale, the project's available for sale, and that will be probably the way forward is that the market be canvassed to see if someone wants to pick up the project. Alternatively, there may be parties out there that see value in the consents in the, in the property and, and pivot and, and look to use it for a different purpose um, with amendments uh, to the consents. That's Andrew Grenfell. Growers and industry leaders are gathering in Christchurch for Horticulture Conference Week, which starts today. The New Zealand Apples and Pears, the RSE and the Horticulture Conferences will all take place at Tapai Christchurch Convention Centre. Topics set to be covered include global trends and opportunities, virtual growing systems and the future of the horticulture workforce. We'll bring you coverage of all these talks through the week.
Filming is set to start on the first 23 fishing vessels to be hooked up with onboard cameras from tomorrow. The government is investing $68 million to, to install cameras on 300 commercial fishing boats by 2025 to reduce the risk to protected marine mammals and seabirds. Seafood New Zealand Chief Executive Jeremy Halson says the cameras will help improve traceability too. People want to know um, where their seafood's coming from. Uh, we know it's healthy, we know it's nutritious, um, but we just need to demonstrate the fact that it's environmentally responsible as well. Uh, we think we've got a good story to tell there, so cameras on boats just um, you know, helps with um, you know, that proof point. He says the cameras are one of many other ways the industry is trying to reduce bycatch. There's a range of programs underway with gear technology, um, cameras inside nets, um, people reconfiguring the way the, the gear fishes to try and reduce um, bycatch and reduce protected species. So there's you know, a range of programs that the seafood industry has invested in to try and fish more responsibly and we'll keep uh, progressing with that research. And this is just another piece in that puzzle. You know, This is an off-the-shelf technology. It is very complicated. It's a very um, challenging physical environment within which to operate um, high-tech electronics. Uh, so yeah, there has been some delays, um, but um, it's good to see that it's now come to fruition. On top of the 23 boats already fitted out with the cameras, another 70 will have them installed by the end of the year. The government said New Zealand's contribution will take the number of on-board cameras on commercial fishing vessels to about 15% globally. Vets are being urged to use nurses and technicians for more clinical work as the sector manages nationwide staff shortages. They're responsible for tasks like anaesthetic inductions, intubations and prepping animals for surgical procedures. COVID-19 exacerbated vet staffing shortages, prompting the Veterinary Council to ask practices to consider spreading the workload. Chief Executive Ian McLaughlin says they want to empower veterinary professionals to use their skills to the full extent within their scope of work. It is happening in practice. There's nothing stopping it. It is just taking a bit of time to change. And we wanted to be very clear to the public that if you've got cats and dogs you take them to the vet, you might see a nurse more involved or even running the consultation with you. And most farms wouldn't be strangers to seeing techs come out and do a lot of veterinary work already. So it's a smaller change in, in a rural setting for production animals. So you, you probably already see doing things like maximations, getting involved in disbudding, doing day-to-day veterinary work with production animals. That's probably not going to change terribly much. You might see more of it at all. That's Ian McLaughlin. Truffle growers say wet weather has hampered the harvest and is causing many truffles to rot. There are over 300 truffle farms or truffier in New Zealand, most supplying the domestic market as it's usually too expensive to export. Marie Dennis, who grows black perigold truffles at Tikitere, north of Rotorua, says it's been a tough season. We've had some good frosty days, which is good for um, ripening the truffle, but again, just a whole lot of rain and a lot of rotten truffle in the ground. Everybody's got it, so it makes it challenging to harvest as well. But she says they have the perfect soil for growing the delicacy, which has helped. I'm picking a reasonable amount out every week. We're very lucky because where we are, we've got a nice layer of topsoil on the top and then we've got a very good base layer of pumice. So our property is very free-draining, which means that a lot of that water's been able to be taken off the triffy here. But in, in saying that, we've had, actually had a raging stream or Blumenera River going through our property and a couple of those big downfalls and never seen it like that before. But luckily, all of that actually um, drained away pretty easily. 
Marie Dennis says demand for the fungi is strong from restaurants and new customers realising the potential of truffles as ingredients. We're part of the New Zealand Truffle Co-op. We supply directly through them, so all of our sales go through there. So I would say that we've had a pretty good season. Given the conditions that we've had, we're quite happy with it. And we've seen our production go up and up each year, which is great. In Canterbury, another growing hub for truffles, producers have had a better season as they haven't had as much rain. And just lastly, a New South Wales Angus has become the most expensive bull ever sold in Australia, fetching an eye-watering $360,000. Vendors Ben and Wayne Wendy Main sold 12-month-old Texas Thunderstruck at a bull sale last week. Mr Main told the ABC he couldn't believe the bull attracted such a high price, considering the market had dropped by about 40%. The bull was sold to Macca's Australian Black Angus Beef. Owner Rob McKenzie says he felt sick after the purchase as it was such a big investment that comes with great risk. The sale breaks the former Australian bull record of 325000 Australian dollars set back in 2017. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai te ra.